0: Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and what the hell is Flash Animation anyway? Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Welcome to Plug and Missing, the Flash Animation flashback podcast where we watch the Flash Animations, webtoons, and shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, the early 2000s. I'm Paul Rebergen, with me is my co-host, John Ward. Excellent, John. Please tell the listener at home what we're looking at today. Today we're talking about the first three strong bad email segments uh, from HomestarRunner.com. All right, I'm sure all of you dedicated listeners are wondering why we're cutting our season on Foamy the Squirrel unexpectedly short, and that's because digging in to try to find a clip for this uh, week, we we kind of found some stuff that didn't age well at all, and we're we're just going to kind of breeze past it and uh, move on with our podcast live. Do you think that's fair, John? I think it is very fair, especially right. since I then get more excuses to talk about
1: Strong Bad and Homestar Runner and all of the stuff that I love.
0: All right. Well, why don't you tell us, Sean, um, just a quick recap of what Strong Bad the email segments are. OK, so in this, uh, it's basically just a segment where
1: uh, fans of Homestarrunner.com dot com were writing Strong Bad emails. Strong Bad being a character that wears like a uh, wrestling mask and boxing gloves. Uh, or does he, Uh, they wrote him sort of emails and he would respond in a very sort of like Strong Bad way. Strong Bad being like the villain of Homestar Runner of a sort. So they were usually basically just excuses to make fun of the listeners who were writing in rather than actually answering any of their
0: questions. All right, well, let's jump into the first clip. We're doing three because they're all really short. The uh, first mm-hmm. one is called Some Kinda Robot. So yep. John the listener or the the submitter i guess writes Strongbed to ask whether or not he takes off his gloves and mask before going to bed and i think that's an interesting question i do too
1: uh responds by saying that uh would you take off your hands and your face before going to bed uh and uh, i say no i do not
0: how about you paul (laughs) I don't, but I'm not some kind of robot. I do really like in his response email how he pivots from the snarky, well, then are you a robot, you silly man? to But if you are a robot, just in case, please be my robo friend. Yes, he's definitely interested in befriending
1: robots, especially if they have superpowers. Um, Yeah, I think we all are to some extent. I I actually really love the notes that you wrote for this episode today, Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of good little segments here. Uh, Here you have some of the things that you cannot leave on for bed. Uh, you've got like a can and can't list. Uh, so give me,
0: give me some cans here. So things you can wear to bed, socks and a sleeping cap or hair net and, you know, any sort of loose, comfortable, pajama-esque clothing. All things okay. you can wear to bed. So baseball hats. I don't think so. I think that falls into the it's a cap but not a sleeping cap category gotcha. and pretty weird. I'd also imagine it'd be dangerous if you were sleeping
1: uh, next to someone because then the end of the cap could just go like straight into their eyes, right?
0: It really could. Although, if you for some reason can't roll over onto your stomach medically, if that was like a risk for you, oh, having a right. baseball cap could keep it from happening, kinda.
1: Yeah, maybe you want to put a ponytail through there and uh, you know keep it secure. Whoa. Yeah, medical science straight from us. <laughs> Patent pending. So you can't wear shoes. All other hats, you say, securely. Yep. My, ex, my ex-wife mm-hmm. is one of the... Uh, didn't know about the ex-wife, Pat. Nepal, Pat. Pat. <laughs> Pat. Uh, just another P, P name. Uh, <laughs> and uh,
0: anything with a belt. I wasn't uh, sure about anything with a belt. I couldn't think of anything that has a belt that might be okay, except a robe. But I don't think you can wear a robe to bed, really. So, one of the things that I'd worry about
1: with a belt is that somehow it'd come off my pants and then go up around my
0: neck and just choke me out. (laughs) That was something my mom was always scared of growing up. She was just just terrified that somehow anything that we would sleep in that was at all loose would strangle us in our sleep. I mean, okay, so as someone who has definitely fallen
1: asleep a good number of times with headphones in, like Mm -hmm. with the cord, they do end up wrapping around your neck. However, Ooh. they are tiny wire. Well, I also, like, f- literally, like, just flip around in the bed several times. Mm-hmm. I'm, a- I'm obviously a lively sleeper. Um, So, for all I know, I could die if it was anything more, let's say, constrictive than a thin, like, copper wire running through a plastic shell. Mm. Um, But... I, I do think to some extent, do you think people just died from being strangled by stuff in their sleep in, no, like, no, I, in I the, the 60s
0: is, and 70s? I really don't. I think it's probably never really happened because you need the other end. You need one end of it to be anchored to something. Anchored, right? Anchored, right?
1: Like, like I can understand like not having like this pull strings on your hoodie if you're a kid because then like, you know, it gets snagged in the bus and then all of a sudden, you know, you're being dragged down the street or something. <laughs> But I feel like it's different when there's no bus, you know. Like there's no, yeah. Uh, unless you're like living r- way too close to like a train stop or something like that, you probably shouldn't sleeping be sleeping on that side of the room. Um. <laughs> but but other than that, uh, yeah, maybe slippers and robe. Paul, can you sleep with socks on? Do you sleep with socks on, Paul? Like slippers and socks to me reads uh incredibly uncomfortable. I have slept with socks on. I don't usually. Okay, so it's more like you're so tired, you're just gonna be,
0: you're just gonna pass out on bed. Or if it's a very, very cold night, and it, it doesn't happen like at home in the city, but if we were on vacation in a cabin or something, I gotcha. we might wear socks. But it, it's a rare case.
1: Yeah, I think I would go insane if I wore socks to bed. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the kind of person that sleeps with his feet outside of the covers. Granted, uh so you're some sort of usually... daredevil. Who yeah, wants I'm to be grabbed couple. by demons? Yes. Yeah, I I like the boogeyman coming up. I like the little
0: foot massage he gives me at the end of the night. All right. Um, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into the second email segment, which is Hamsar. So we see in this segment a submitter, writer, whatever, sends to uh, Strongbad asking, why don't you kill Hamsar if you hate him so much? So, Okay. I think there needs
1: to be some context here, Paul. This is the first time Hamsar has ever been seen. Is it? I wasn't sure. It is a misspelling of Homestar. So the idea is basically that Hamsar is like a misspelling of Homestar, and therefore, why not just kill him, you know, if you hate him so much? And so he kills Homsar, but not Homestar, which is what the letter was actually trying to... So this, yeah. this email has willed a character into existence. Exactly. And wow. in some ways it is, you, you do ask here in the notes, is this canon? And in some ways it is canon in the sense that Homsar is now character. Uh, I had a t-shirt, a blue t-shirt with Hamsar on it actually, when I was a kid. Um, I think it was the only strong, uh, strong, bad memorabilia I had or uh, homestarrunner.com memorabilia I had. Um, but uh, so he is canon. But he is not dead. <laughs> unless unless all future Homestar Runner cartoons are set before uh, this email. I'm Which not seems
0: unlikely since it's the second email segment.
1: Yep. Like uh, never uh, and know. then he is killed with a giant weight that says Heavy Lord or "Lourdy."
0: Yeah. I think is it's that... just
1: a funny way of spelling load, heavy load. I think that's the joke. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I think that's... (laughs) These are very short emails. I think the better joke is that Homsar is not Homestar and therefore it's stupid that... Yeah. Anyway, he's making fun of the spelling. Which is
0: good. All right. Mm -hmm. The third and final email that we'll look at today is uh, around butt IQ. Yep. So the... (sighs) Jeez, what, what does this email even ask? Like, can someone's butt be dumber than their head? I think it's just like, how do you figure out how dumb someone's butt
1: is i think is uh, what it is yep yep you're so, right so so there is a flaw in the math here and the flaw is that you can't just figure out someone's butt iq you have to th- you have to already have information and that information mm. is that someone's uh you know normal uh intelligence is dumb or not uh or how dumb someone is rather mm-hmm. uh and then then you plug that into the algorithm that Strongbag gives us which is that How how dumb someone's head is is uh, no how dumb someone's butt is is greater than or equal to how dumb someone's head is, which is of
0: course the transitive butt property.
1: Yes, the transitive butt property. And so what gets confusing here is that you already have to have you already have to have the information of how dumb someone's head is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in a way, it does give you if you already know how dumb someone's butt is. Then you do then know also the bare minimum of how uh, dumb someone's head is at the very least.
0: I think your logic is sound, but it really raises the question for me: how how can a butt be dumber than a head? What makes the butt dumber? Well,
1: there's no brain in a butt. That is true. That's the first thing. And there's usually uh, a brain in the head. There's usually a, therefore the butt is either greater
0: dumb. Or equal to dumb of the head. That just that just holds up, John. If you had to design a butt IQ test, what would it look like?
1: Uh, it'd be like hooked up to like a Xerox machine. Oh, that's good. Uh, And then if you put your butt on the Xerox machine, you've
0: got a dumb butt. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty dumb. I like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you, Paul? Do you have a (laughs) dumb butt IQ test? I was kind of thinking they make you sit on something and if you sit good your butt's probably okay
1: okay so you you're saying that dumb butts are like
0: also like physically crippling like not necessarily crippling but they're not as effective i think okay your butt's intelligence like it misses the chair (laughs) well maybe it misses the chair is there a seat test like maybe uh, it provides no cushion and it like Maybe it makes you lean sideways because half your butt's real big and the other half's real small, or I, I don't know. Are squats, like, studying for your butt? Yes. It's good to know. Yeah. All right, John, last question of the day, then. If Homsar had some kind of butt robot, what would it look like and how smart would it be? Uh, so it would definitely be
1: just large, like, uh, overalls. Like, Mm -hmm. would be sort of the shape. But then it'd have, like, two little round domes on the back that would be the butt cheeks. Um, And it would be, like, very robotic. Like, lots of Greeble, like, Star Wars Mm -hmm. Greeble-esque. And I think that it would basically just do nothing but, like, sit on stuff. Like, and Homsar would have no ability to control them. He'd just be saying crazy things. So, on
0: it. Based on the transitive butt property then, can we figure out how intelligent this butt bot is, or no, because it has no head? It has no head, therefore,
1: it's, like, it's, it's sort of like the Turing test, like we all know that robots can pass the Turing test, it's just whether or not like that actually means that something is self-aware, right? So we can't say a butt robot can't sit on things well, but we also can't say that it has a butt IQ
0: i can't argue with that john let's wrap it up and assign a single moral to these three emails what do you have for me all right so uh with homsar uh i believe that spelling saves lives
1: uh because if they had spelled uh homestar instead of homestar correctly uh homestar would be the one who is dead and
0: homsar would be the one who would be with us right now so you're saying spelling incorrectly saves lives <laughs> yes okay that's fair. It's supported by the text. Yep. <laughs> How about right. you, Paul? What are your yep. morals? My moral is that even Strong Bad can take the time to respond to his email, so do your coworkers a favor and, you know, send them a quick response. That's very compassionate. I thought it was grumpy because of my coworkers. Oh, okay. Well, Well, then never mind. <laughs> You're a grumpy man. <laughs> I'm the, the grumpiest, and thank you for joining us for this grumpy episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend, leave a review on iTunes, that kind of thing. If you want to talk more about Flash animation, you can add us on the various social media platforms at Plug and Missing, or email us at pod at gmail.com. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Warden, and Paul Reberg, produced by John with Music by Me. Come back next week, and we're going to ask you, would you like to update Flash? we're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing flash animation and what the hell it is until next week we hope you're well please give us five stars on itunes